This is Street Talk with Chris Davies, helping you maneuver the road of real estate. Get up to speed with expert insights on the mortgage industry and your Northwest stomping grounds. Buy, sell, invest, and rest. Street Talk. Now, with this panel of industry insiders, here's Chris Davies. Good morning, Seattle. Good morning to the Pacific Northwest. Welcome to Street Talk. It's your radio show on all things real estate, whether it's financing, buying, or selling. We're here to answer all of those questions for you. And uh, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Mr. Patrick Crowthers from Compass. Good morning, Chris. How's it going? It's good. It's wet. It's a little bit warmer than what it's been because it's been really cold out there the last few days. But uh, It's been beautiful, though. It's been oh, really, really pleasant. There's something about that crisp air when it's so cold outside. Everything just sort of... It's right there in front of you. It crystallizes everything, it seems. Been showing some people that are new in town, and they're like, what? People are talking about this rain? I'm like, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's on its way. But yeah, it's been very beautiful and, and uh, great to be around. Absolutely. And uh, we have the beautiful Mrs. Rebecca Mitsui from Keller Williams. Good morning, gentlemen. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> she just got back from Hawaii. Yeah. It's so awesome. She can rub it in a little bit. Well, I will say it's funny because there were such beautiful sunsets um, in Hawaii, but coming back here at this time of year with the with the what it is uh, the sunsets are just have, have been gorgeous. I don't know what you know why at this time of year they seem to be even more beautiful than they are in the summertime. But that's just the sun, the angles of the yeah, sun, and such. It's just right? Gorgeous. I was up in uh, at a Ascend Steakhouse in Bellevue, uh-huh. and that I don't know if you guys have been there, but they have a huge balconies outside, and you can just see. I mean, you can see from Bellevue, you can see downtown Renton, you can see. Oh. I mean, everything and everything's just, clear. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm not much of that sunset like photo person, but I put one on the Instagram. It was it was amazing. It's a, it's a beautiful area. <laughs> well, that's why we live here. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the market continues to uh, it's shift. It seems. Yeah. Uh, the new stats are out from the Northwest MLS talking about uh, what's going on price wise uh, with the homes that are out there in the market and uh, the median prices uh, continue to conti- have continued to decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to the uh, spring numbers, uh, we're looking at an 11% drop in six months. Mm. So that's uh, that's the largest drop from May to November that's ever been recorded. Not mm. the largest six-month drop, but the largest six-month drop was 14% uh, back during the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts uh, given that? I mean – I don't think anybody's talking about a bubble effect or anything of that nature. It's just a, a correction, so to speak. But uh, yeah, it's fairly significant. I, I guess what what the conversations that I've been having with folks is, you know, as we as this all hit, it hit during you know times where you're typically um, the market does soften a little bit anyway. So along with a correction, you know, you hit August, and August is always the you know worst month of the year generally with um, volume. September and October tend to pick up a little bit, and they didn't as much. But then November and December tend to be, you know, down months as well. So what I think is going to be really interesting is to see where we're at, you know, come, you know, first quarter next year. You know, I think that is going to be the true telling of how big of a shift this is. I mean, we obviously are in the middle of a shift. I just think it was more of a correction because, you know, we couldn't sustain the 20% appreciation so bringing it down 10 points, I think, was, is, is probably what it needed. 
Yeah, and it, what what the market was doing was just not sustainable. It, it mm-hmm. wasn't, and it wasn't fair, honestly. Um, even sellers now, if they're selling their property, they're still winning in a major way. So right. I think that this is a it's a good happy happy medium, happy balance for everybody. But like I said, it's it's a little hard to tell without having enough data to really say, hey, this is where it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, in the next year, or this is what we're expecting. A lot of we're working with a lot of buyers and they're like, what do you think's going on? Oh, like, I know. They're, they're a little deer in the headlights right yeah. now, it seems like. Yeah. And it comes down to, you know, what, what, you know, when people ask, you know, how's the market? What market? You know, should I buy? Well, what's your situation? So it really comes down to that. How long you want to live in the home? Because if you want to find a home for the next 10 to 20 years, it doesn't really matter as much. Right. I just actually sat down with some first time buyers that are here from Hawaii and they actually um, may be moving in the next couple of years. So they were talking about buying because they've always rented. And, um, you know, asking those questions, I think it's really important you have an agent that's asking you those questions, like how long do you plan on keeping it? And when you do move, do you plan on, you know, selling it or do you plan on renting it? Like, let's talk about that. And they, you know, I think when the, when the um, market was at its height, somebody saying they were going to be in the house two to three years didn't concern me as much as it does now, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I mean, again, you still have to put a roof over your head. So exactly. it, it, it's a matter of, you know, the choices that do you want to rent or do you want to buy? And, they, and then there's all you have right now is you have, you have this breathing moment where you can actually take a breath. You can go out and look. You're not going to be up against mul- multiple offers uh, for the most part. Uh, Redfin says that about 20, 25% of the homes out there are subject to multiple offers. Uh, dr- we, we had two with clients this week. That's good. Yeah. We had two. And are then, you seeing any that are coming out though with re, the offer? I haven't seen very many listings that are coming out saying, "Well, we're going to wait to review offers." Most of them become multiple offers because you know it's it's just listed and review upon receipt, and yet then all of a sudden a conglomerate of people get together and you know you have the two to three offers. I don't that's think that's the yours. best move. Um, I actually showed one yesterday, a new construction on eighty fifth up mm-hmm. in. Uh, um, a Green Lake area there and uh, Greenwood. And um, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see that. And then there was another one over um, near McClellan off in uh, North Beacon yep. Hill that was was really low price, a beautiful home. And so you think they purposely underpriced it and yet didn't wait for offer review period? No, they actually had offer review oh, periods. Did. Yeah. Okay. And, and the, I hadn't seen that as much. We'd mm-hmm. seen some multiple offer situations, um, but not from a, a review date. It was more just bunch of people came in right at once and it sold in a couple of days but right. um yeah we were we were seeing there was it was about a week and a half i think i was or about two weeks ago there was one over in mount baker area that had uh had three or four pre-inspections oh, and we decided to yeah not get jump in that yeah in that in little the bee's nest yeah, yeah <laughs> well i think that's smart i mean last year this uh, this time using the same service i mean 92 percent of the homes were subject to multiple offers mm-hmm. so now it's it's almost a quarter of that so you can you, you can see that the, again it gives you a, a, a moment to pause, a moment to breathe, and a moment to evaluate, which is obviously what you haven't had in the past. Uh, you take a look at that. I mean, uh, in Snohomish and Pierce County, again, their their uh, multiple offer situation is also sitting at about twenty twenty five percent. They weren't quite as uh, busy as as the Seattle market was, but uh, they they were still subject to about seventy seventy five percent of uh, multiple offers last year. Uh, the cities that lead it, of all the cities that are leading the way in multiple offers right now, San Diego, Washington, D.C., and Philadelphia. Okay. So I think when it, based on the situation, I, th- I still think it's a great time to go out there and actually buy. Well, with, H- 
with uh, headquarters two going over in DC. Uh, I'm sure that some people are trying to jump over there, even though it's not going to be the, quite the impact that Seattle had. We actually sent a, a referral out there that to, to somebody that we, we connected with with a compass agent out in in DC. Um, somebody from Amazon that's that's moving out there. You know, the funny thing is they're not with Amazon. <laughs> It was just it ended up being that way, but there is uh, there was a lot of agents within uh, you know uh, Compass has a strong presence over in DC, and so mm-hmm. uh, there's some agents saying, "Hey, if you've got anybody, send them our way." Yeah, yeah. You know, um, well, that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> inventory increase. It's up 114 percent, and again, it's not because of the fact there's a ton more listings coming to market. It's just homes remaining on the market. Uh, are you are you seeing a lot of new listings, or what? What's your thought on on those uh, parameters? You know, I definitely feel now it's a little bit more of that balanced market where when it when the the inventory was so low, I pretty much knew in my head every listing, and you know, and oh yeah, I know that one. You know, now I've, I'm finally getting to the point where somebody asked me about a listing, I'm like, wait a minute, which one is that? Yeah. <laughs> so there's enough where you just you know you're not. Um, you know, able to keep track. But I think it's just, it seems to be the the flow of listings seems to be about the same as it was in October. So it doesn't, you know, seem to be, I, I'm assuming we're going to see, you know, in the next couple of weeks, not very many listings come out because typically agents don't recommend that somebody list if they're, you know, nearly ready to not list right before. So, uh, and, and it's weird because I have such a, so we've sold on, and I know you have two on holidays on, on New Year's Eve and Christmas. And um, and Eastern these times where people aren't looking, sometimes it is a better time because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that um, because the the inventory came up, a lot of people you'll see a lot of canceled listings and a lot of people are going to be relisting. So there's going to be a lot more inventory, I think, um, come the beginning of the in year. January. Well, a lot of people, yeah, in January, mm-hmm. I'm suggesting to a lot of people early January because most people kind of come over after um, list after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but saying, hey, start at the end of the or the beginning of the year or even in December because we still have there's still buyers out there and interest rates are they still at five, four and a half? Uh, actually, a little bit higher than that, but compared to interest rates hit a peak of about five percent not too not too long ago. Right now, with what's going on globally, with the uh, fear of the China war, uh, the trade war, basically, yeah. it's affected markets across the world. I mean, you, you've seen what, what's happened to the Dow here this past week. Yeah. So currently, I mean, uh, Freddie Mac says that the uh, average interest rate from their survey is about 475. So when you look at that, uh, again, you, got that, you, you have that reprieve. Right now, I think your competition when looking at homes isn't going to be as great. Uh, I think the ability to negotiate is probably there. I mean, again, yeah. you, can, you can tell me if I'm incorrect on that, but you can go out there now and have the only expense in in acquiring the home, have it just be your down payment. You can negotiate for the closing costs. Yes. So and during the inspection, we're able to get a lot more as well. So, you you know, I think initially we're getting price reductions, closing costs, and then during the inspection, finding more things. And then there there becomes, therein lies the problem with you've already got closing costs covered you know, what do you, how do you, you know, shift this? So it's, it's been, that's been like, to me, the typical problem that we had years ago, it's coming back. Yeah. And if you, if you've got the closing costs negotiated, then I would, uh, I would suggest if there's an issue with a house, uh, get it fixed and invoice and have the invoice sent to closing and have it paid at closing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know. And there's a lot of providers now that are actually very amenable to doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's actually what we've done in a couple of the scenarios that that we're dealing with right now. Yeah, I my mean, listings. 
Yeah, at uh, Laura's Home Loans Mortgage Masters, I mean, one of the common things there, which you don't find at a lot, at a lot of places, is they do escrow holdbacks. So if there's something, if there's some things that need to be done to the house, they'll actually do an escrow holdback for it, and uh, you can get the work done. Not very many companies do that, so that's no. a really you know valuable thing that uh, you should be marketing all over the place. Well, agent. the most extreme thing that I heard when I when I when I when I went there was they actually did an escrow holdback for a roof. That was like from 10 years ago we used to do that. So that's, that's cool that that's coming back. <laughs> yeah. Folks, the number to the show, we've got a lot more to talk about today. The, the city's uh, report on what to do about housing and how to increase uh, or overcome the uh, shortage of affordable housing. There's a report that came out this past week. We're going to talk about that. The number to the show is 844-TALK-101. Once again, 844-TALK-101. Some things go really good together, like a hammer and nail. When you're making big financial decisions, you want a partner that complements your hopes and desires with wisdom and guidance. Now, Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family have teamed up to give you over 65 years of combined experience and personalized service. So if you're looking to renovate, call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. Hi, this is Laura Keel of Laura's Home Loans. If you've spotted that perfect fixer-upper, a renovation loan tied to the purchase could be a great way to get things fixed up before you move in. Questions about a renovation loan? Just ask. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. Good Together, Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA at laurashomeloans.com. Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. Hi, this is Patrick. And Lisa. And you've heard us here on Street Talk with Chris Davies. We don't just respond to real estate questions on the show. Nope. We're ready to take your call, meet in person, and start working for you. It's our mission to provide answers, guidance, and exceptional customer service. We aim to earn your trust as your local real estate team. Patrick. And Lisa. Give us a call at 206-954-3555. Again, 206-954-3555. Buying, selling, or or both. both. Your success is what matters most. Our connections can help. Patrick and Lisa, local experts coming together to help you find your place in the world. Patrick and Lisa, you can find us at patrickandlisa.com or give us a call at 206-954-3555. That's 206-954-3555. Patrick and Lisa, you can find us at patrickandlisa.com. Hey, it's Dory Monson with Brian, a fellow 3010 Weight Loss for Life customer. And Brian, your story is incredible. How much weight did you lose at 3010? 83 pounds. That is fantastic. Congratulations. My wife says that basically she has a new boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) To be back in that category where you're getting positive comments about your physical appearance, that's that's pretty cool. Well, and it worked. Finally, I broke down and bought some new clothes. and, And, you know, I have to admit, I'm looking pretty good. Isn't that fun when you get to buy that new wardrobe? Oh, yeah. I lost eight inches in my waist, and I looked in the mirror, and I just smiled. And I said, geez, Louise, sweet. (laughs) My son sent me a picture of about two and a half years ago, and then he sent me a picture from two weeks ago, and he goes, wow, congratulations. What's your story going to be? Give him a call, 855-843-3010. That's 855-843-3010. Or go to 3010weightlossforlife.com. You're worth it. 
sharing the latest news and exchanging insights on the mortgage industry and all things real estate, this is Street Talk. Now, with an ear to the pavement of our Northwest stomping grounds, here's your host of Street Talk, Chris Davies. Welcome back to Street Talk. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. So, uh, the city of Seattle, uh, they had a report, they commissioned a report to be done on uh, what to do about the lack of affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, what, what do we do to try and overcome this? Obviously, when you have an average price in the 700s, a lot of people are priced out. Right. And, uh, you know, they talked about the, uh, the differences in incomes between people that rent and people that own. Uh, it's a huge gap. Uh, the gap is about $65,000 a year uh, from people that rent compared to people that own. And uh, when they talked about uh, people that own uh, single-family residences, um, a lot of them were rich white people, is, 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 what, was it, what, is what the paper said. <laughs> wow, yeah. okay. What the <laughs> Really? Yeah, it says the, most of them were predominantly white, and they, were, they made quite a bit of money. <laughs> so when you look at that uh, – they said that they came up with a few recommendations. The city has to obviously evaluate the recommendations that came up from the report. Uh, so it would be interesting to get your, your take on it. Uh, they wanted – one of the things that they suggested was more duplexes around the schools. Again, uh, uh, part of the report was talking about the lack of uh, one-story apartments. So the way, the way you're, you obviously overcome that is with duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes. So increase the zoning to allow for that. Because, uh, hmm. again, primarily what they, what they seemed – I don't want to use the word attack, but what they focused on primarily in the report was the uh, areas that were zoned just for single-family residences, talking about uh, lot sizes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, decreasing the lot sizes that you could build a single-family residence on. Uh, increasing the number of units that could be built on the lots, uh, increasing the boundaries for urban villages. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. I know they've had different proposed boundaries for those urban villages um, where it's the one that's approved and then others that are kind of like in the, you know, that are being requested, but, you know, we don't know if they're ever going to be approved or not. So maybe that's what they're leaning towards. Yeah, so now. basically increasing the boundaries by a mile to a mile and a half. Doesn't sound like a lot, but I imagine... That is that what, a lot. Yeah, when you when you talk about that scope as a circle, then I think that it would, would, it would probably be uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, some interesting things about it. The average size of a house in Seattle or, or within these areas... 2,660 square feet. Wow. That's a lot larger that, that, than that, I would have yeah. thought. I thought you were going to say 1,900 or I something. Would have, so it, it doesn't make it. I've got to read it a little bit more. But, yeah, that seemed uh, seemed rather – I mean, a 2,600 square foot house is large. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that it talked about is they want to, inc- they want to decrease the size of McMa- – or they want, they want to not allow the McMansions to be built. So that they're, yeah, they would rather have the, that land utilized for more, um, more units as opposed to just one big unit. Is that was that the yeah, exactly? In line? other words, they'd rather see more. <clears throat> they would rather see more uh, units versus just one large unit. Mm-hmm. And again, like, so it'd be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how the communities react to this. I wonder what they're defining the McMansion as. Like, how many like square feet are they? Don't know. Huh. I would I would imagine that it'd be 
3,500 to 5,500 square feet, yeah. something in that, in that neighborhood. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it seems like when you talk about a McMansion, it's typically in the 5,000 square foot range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where they come up with that. And also uh, the uh, increased density, uh, density proposal mm-hmm. that was put on hold last year because of some legal actions because some of the local community groups didn't want to have row homes put in. You know, there were 27 communities that were affected by it. Uh, the judge basically said there's no issue with the uh, study that the city was going to do, that the city could move forward with it. Uh, the, the timeline the city's put out for approval is end of March, uh, right. as far as that's concerned. So, I, mean, I think the writing's on the wall. People, you know, we certainly, you know, those that have been born and raised here don't want to see Seattle, you know, change anymore. It's already changed so much, but... I don't believe that, you know, we have any control over that. I do believe that, you know, more people are going to be coming here and the housing shortage is going to continue to be an issue unless we, you know, loosen those guidelines. And that does change our neighborhoods. Well, that's um, what they're talking about. They're yeah. talking about if you do if you do the more than one unit, then you're going to have more renters there. Yeah. So then you have a, a, a more uh, transient uh, population. Mm-hmm. So people don't necessarily grow their roots, especially in, you know, some of the uh, – uh, uh, neighborhoods that you have within Seattle, a lot of these people are complaining. I'd be interested to get people's take on it if they if they're, if they're familiar with the situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, the number to the show is eight four four Talk one hundred one. Just to get uh, what what their opinion would be, because a lot of people actually do not want that. Right. Whereas, but if you're not going to do that, this their their <clears throat> argument is there's plenty of other areas that you can develop versus the uh, single single family or the one-unit zoning that's in place currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, single-family residence zoning, that's one of the largest areas that you have within the, within the city of Seattle. So, uh, you know, there's plenty of high-rise, uh, you know, condominium condominiums being built. We talked about that. There's mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of those are coming to market. Uh, rents are pretty stable right now. So it's just going inter- to be interesting to see what happens. I don't know whether or not they're going to be able to do much with the affordable housing. Uh, part of the uh, the upzoning uh, of the other areas is that the developers are required uh, to put, to have affordable housing built into it. So 10 to uh, 20%, I think it's 15% of the homes allocated in those areas have to be for affordable housing. And if they don't, then they're going to be then they're going to be paying a surcharge per Penalized. square foot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's an interesting time right now. I mean, I think again when you, when you look at what's going on in the market, uh, it's slowed a little. It's slowed down a little bit. Overall, year to year, we're still up compared to where we were last year. And I think again, it's 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 a great opportunity for people to go out there and do something with it. Yeah, I'd love to hear from some of our listeners that are against um, the urban density and and changing some of those that zoning and what their ideas would be because. Uh, you know, it's it's just a it's a quandary. I think you know, it's a, at every cocktail party, it's a conversation. How are we going to continue to have these many, you know, this many people come in and move into our city and not have you know room for them? So, well, it changes the, it it changes the scope of how you sell a house. I would think if you have a house that's uh, uh, is eligible, where you can tear it down and put four row homes in, right? Then, then all of a sudden, your cost—if you break it down, cost per house—I mean, it changes the scope of how you look at it. I would think most definitely, your house is going to be worth a lot more if this all goes through, depending upon its condition. Some people, it's you know, it's it's you know, with as as over improved as as some people have made their homes, it doesn't necessarily um, pan out very very well. 
Well, you've seen in West Seattle. I mean, there's you've mm-hmm. seen a lot of you see a lot of the row homes in in the West Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it in various zip codes uh, within Seattle in of itself. So you certainly see see them. So uh, and they sell for quite a bit of money. I mean, even though they're quite, you know, they 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 tend to be oh, quite. Oh gosh, now. some of the there's one in in the Pigeon Point area right now that is. Um, Oh, it's like very. They're so skinny. I I think whatever the minimum is, I think they're fifteen feet wide, and they are. I have to pull it up. We have to look at it, and we can talk about is it, it up on a hill, whatever. Yes, yeah. it's. They are the, the the. I've not seen anything like this. This is the first of its kind. So I was wondering, is this what it's going to be like? Because we are in such a crisis, you know, are we going to be building? You know, places that are this skinny. I'll I'll give you the MLS number. We can look at it at the break. But yeah, it's, well, it's <laughs> there was a there was an entire subdivision. Uh, I think it was in North Bend. Uh, a friend of mine bought one there, and again, it was extremely narrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that you could reach out, to, you know, side to side and almost touch practically, it, but though, it, this it one feels is, like it. Yeah. So I, I don't. I think, mean, they had the washer and dryer in the kitchen, and you know, you I didn't really see any place where you could have a couch with a TV that you'd have enough perspective to watch TV. There's a lot know? of people that are around the world and even the country that are used to small units like that. Yeah. I mean, in New York, I mean, of course, you Japan, know, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, so. there's a lot of uh, people that they're kind of surprised on the size of these units and uh, you, you'll come in, you're like, oh, this is kind of smaller. And they they're look around, they're like, what? You have micro apartments now. I mean, yes. uh, yeah. you, so yeah. similarly, they have... You have condos that are of similar size, especially if you go to places like New York and things of that nature. But I mean, everything's I built that's into where one we've room. Come, yeah. yeah, you know, your beds, are, your beds in the wall, your kitchen is behind a slider, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are doing a lot of different things. But again, if you can make housing more affordable and uh, provide provide that to people, I think that's uh, in the long run that's a positive thing. Uh, folks, the number to the show is eight four four talk one zero one. Once again, it's eight four four talk one zero one. Some things go really good together. Popcorn and movies, grandparents, and grandchildren. When you're making big financial decisions, you want a partner that complements your hopes and desires with wisdom and guidance. Now, Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family have teamed up to give you over 65 years of combined experience and personalized service. So if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call one 833 Ask Laura. Hi, it's Laura Keel of Laura's Home Loans, and we would love to share all the insights we've learned over the years to help you make the best decision for your family. Questions about a reverse mortgage? Is it safe? Could we pay off our current mortgage or even buy a new house? Any question at all, just ask. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. Good together. Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA at laurashomeloans.com. Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. When people throughout Western Washington are ready to start losing weight and living healthier, they call the effective and affordable 3010 Weight Loss for Life. It's Story Monson. You know my story. Five years ago, I went to 3010. They helped me lose 25 pounds. Took me about five and a half weeks. And whether you need to lose a few pounds like me, I have friends who have lost 80, 100 pounds. 3010 will help you reach that goal 
All you have to do is find the location nearest you. Call 855-843-3010, 855-843-3010, or 3010weightlossforlife.com. When you're making big financial decisions, you want a partner that complements your hopes with wisdom and guidance. Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family have teamed up to serve you with over 65 years of combined experience. Hi, this is Laura Keel of Laura's Home Loans. If your fixer-upper has you wondering about a renovation loan, call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. Hi, this is Quasi with the Quasi Homes team. As a real estate agent, I love helping my clients make the most of their investment. When you are selling a fixer-upper, a teardown, or buildable land, you not only want to make the most for your property, you have so many other factors to consider. Can the buyer get financing? Do I want a bunch of people walking through the property? How long will it take to close and get my money? And that's where I come in. Strategy and experience are critical with these types of properties. I'll help you measure your options, hammer out the details, and get the best value. If you are considering selling your fixer-upper, teardown, or buildable land, give me a call. 206-854-4132. That's 206-854-4132. This is Quasi with the Quasi Homes team. Start by investing in experience and strategy. All conversations are confident. Call 206-854-4132. Buy, sell, invest, and rest. When it comes to the mortgage industry and real estate, know the ropes, the ins and outs, and all the curves. This is Street Talk with Chris Davies with a panel of industry insiders here to take your call. Now, here's your host of Street Talk, Chris Davies. Joining us, uh, we talk. We're talking all things real estate. Uh, we've talked about the market. It's uh, it's slowed down a little bit. Uh, prices are down about eleven percent uh, from the high in the spring. Uh, inventory is up about one hundred and fifteen percent. So there's lots of choices out there. Uh, interest rates are down from uh, the all time high over the last uh, seven eight years. So, again, uh, there's a little bit of reprieve, a great time to get out there and sort of take a look at what's going on and uh, sort of, I would say, kick the tires a little bit. I think it would be great to have a caller call in somebody that has been looking, a buyer who's been looking to purchase a home uh, within the last few months or even right now and kind of pump the brakes and has the mindset and the idea to wait until the beginning of the year. Um, you know, we've we've dealt with that a little bit, but I just want to kind of understand that because there's, there's still inventory, the interest rates are good. Um, and is it because of uh, more inventory or because they believe the market's going to continue to decrease? Like what is kind of the, the yeah, thought behind the that? Mindset. That's yeah, the mindset. That's a, that would be a good, that, I mean, it makes sense why a seller might want to wait just because of, you know, the holidays and everything. But um, a buyer, it seems like, you know, if you're ready, willing, and able at this time of year, it's it's typically been a really great time, no matter what the market is, to buy. And we, we always, you know, say, hey, look, continue looking, pushing hard. And if nothing is there, then yeah, I mean, take your time. You have a little more flexibility now where you didn't have that in the future, but you don't need to completely put your, your, your foot on the brakes. But I understand their concern. I mean, Seattle Times is just, I don't, I think it's making it sound a lot more crazy than it is. I mean, I'm looking to purchase a place right now. 
You know, yeah. I'm still have my eye on. I've been personally. looking at for rentals in the West Seattle area <clears throat> for sure, and seeing a really great. You know, you know the the numbers are definitely panning out a lot better now than they were six months ago. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, in other words, I think it's a it's a great it's an opportunity it's an opportunity. Yeah. In other words, you can go out there, you see a price, and in other words, unlike what you've seen years past, the price is the price at this point, and through negotiation, you can look, you can actually negotiate it down. Yeah. And I understand, like I understand buyers feelings, especially first time home buyers. They're seeing this are like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. But it, it would be good conversation. I think yeah. that, uh, um, I value that too with, with, uh, in this industry, it's fun to hear other people's, um, perspective and, and just what, what they're seeing, even if it's the opposite of how you feel. <laughs> exactly. Well, again, it, it's all, it's all about the negotiation. So if you can, if you, part of the unknown is that you, when you're out there buying, you got the closing costs, then you got the, all the pre-inspections and all the di- different things that go along with it. Now you can sort of negotiate some of that stuff into it mm-hmm. and know exactly what you're getting. You know, it's been really interesting because I've talked to a couple of agents who've been in the business for a while, and the ones that have come out, um, come in in the last like you know three or four years that didn't go through a market where you actually hadn't. You know, this is where I think as agents we really have our negotiating skills honed is during that inspection time. You know, it didn't used to be that way, right? We were just in the last few years, we would, you know, do these pre-inspections, you know, and just like, you know, say why we were the best. And just, you know, that was how we negotiated was like having maybe a connection with that listing agent and being able to get our foot in or whatever. Now it is that balanced market. It's, it's the normal market. And really as agents, we have to work together, the listing agent and the buyer agent, because sometimes the, you know, the buyer may be unrealistic, but then also the seller may be unrealistic that, you know, I'm getting like, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars of concessions after an inspection now. And that's some people that haven't been through, you know, markets, other agents that have been, haven't been through markets to see that or go, oh, what do you, you know, they're, they're like offended or they're just, it's incredulous that you'd be asking this much. Um, but that's kind of what the normal market you know, bears, depending upon the the condition of the home and how it gets through that inspection. So it's been really interesting to talk to people who are like, this is when other agents that this is when we actually have to have our negotiating skills honed. Yeah, and and also a little more respect towards the industry as far as just snapping a photo with your iPhone and and throwing it on the market or not taking care of little things that need to be addressed prior to listing the home. Mm -hmm. You know, we give this laundry list and people are like, well, it's going to fly off the market, you know, the past few years where where now you you really have to set a game plan. You have to really strategize besides just, hey, let's just throw it on here. Right. Um, I mean, that was never our our approach, um, you know, and I know that what wasn't your approach or a sure. lot of the successful agents approach, but there was a lot of people who were in the, in the industry or, or that just once again, didn't have very much respect for it and just wanted to buy a listing and right. throw it on there. And I think that those of us knew, knew that we were lucky during that phase that we could, you know, we, I still did all the same, you know, hired the professional photographer, did the 3d, you know, walk through tour, did all of those things and it would still sell in a week. Yeah. Um, and I knew I was spoiled because I've been through the market where it can be three months before you get an offer or a month or whatever. And um, it's interesting now to, um, as an agent, you know, now we have to really make sure we're having in such great communication with that seller who's probably really insecure as to why their home isn't selling. We didn't have to do that in the last three years either. Well, it, 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 I think that the uh, we've had a conversation with with multiple clients who compare 
six months, a year ago, the past few years, because they're comparing their friends or their family members or someone they knew their experiences. Well, it's a different time. Everything is completely different now. And so having those, setting those expectations from the get-go, I think is extremely important. Well, we have the same thing in the lending world. I mean, people that got a loan, yeah, people that got a loan 10 years ago and you have to go through the steps of getting more documentation or sourcing and seasoning assets and those types Mm -hmm. of things. I didn't have to do that last time. Well, yeah, last time. And look what happened last time. (laughs) Exactly. So in other words, you know, the market continues to evolve. It is what it is. Um, But, you know, an interesting point, uh, you look at uh, Seattle, east side, uh, median price has dropped 70,000, 75,000 since spring. If you do it across the county level, uh, Snohomish, uh, the median price is 470, down from 511, so about 35,000. Kitsap. Uh, median price was a high of 365. Now it's 330. Uh, Pierce County 355 down to 345 down from 355. Year to year appreciation though in the various counties. Snohomish is up 5.6 percent. Kitsap is up six and a half percent. Pierce is Go up 11.3. Kitsap. Wow. I like Kitsap. <laughs> oh, you're really no. <laughs> So here's a point for you guys to ponder. In this market where, say, let's say, for example, I mean, listings are obviously up as a result of homes not selling. So when you have a listing appointment, what are the, what are the recommendations? What can somebody do if that house has been on the market, say, for 30 days other than just dropping price? What are, what are your recommendations to sort of spice it up or to give it, uh, to give it some more buyer appeal to make it stand out? Uh, thoughts? Well, we've we've relisted properties um, recently. Where uh, again, we were kind of talking about those agents that just think you can throw it on and and uh, and and overprice it and still get an offer, um, and having to completely kind of repackage the listing and get um, you know we brought staging in and we had a you know professional photographer really work with some certain rooms that were difficult to photograph. Um, so. You know, just kind of repackaging it. If you, even if it's your listing and in 30 days you haven't gotten an offer, I like to switch up the main photo, do some different, you know, do, do something different, like freshen it up in any way you can. And of course, you know, you know, be open, have the house open. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not necessarily what's going to sell the house, but it always, um, can give you good feedback for what the, um, the public is, is liking or disliking about the actual listing. What makes a room difficult to photograph? Lack of light, um, weird angles, um, you know, placement of furniture that's kind of difficult to kind of do in any other way. So, um, yeah, you just want to be able to get that perspective. But a good photographer is going to help you with that. In, in the case that I was talking about, they had a um, – ostensibly it was a professional photographer come in and do – do photos. And then our, when our photographer came in and did it, you should see the night and day difference of the two listings. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, um, you know, a lot of people once again have just listed properties and I think follow-up is very important. There's a lot of times where we'll totally. go to our homes and we don't hear from the, the listing agent. And, and it's kind of a surprise, you know, you'd, you'd think that they'd want feedback or even just to be in touch to get, you know, either positive or negative because that's very helpful moving forward. And there might be something that you or your clients miss that an agent recognized or a 
buyer recognized. And you can make a, a really quick change to that possibly. Yeah, like and the neighbor's dog was barking the whole showing or something like that that you have never seen before. It's like, anything. Hmm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really important. The communication, once again, is just very, sure. very important doing that. But then reaching out. I mean, there's so many different things on social media. Social media is just crazy. Um, as we know, the MLS gives gives offers a lot that, you know, other resources where people are searching for homes don't offer. Mm-hmm. And um, so really making sure that everything, there's been homes that have been listed that aren't on Zillow or Trulia or some of the online sources. So making sure all they're all online, um, doing ad campaigns on Facebook. Like there's a lot of different things that you can do that that we couldn't do before in the last, uh, you know, supposedly balanced market because yeah. social media has really taken your, your, that's a great assessment being able to use those, the Facebook cam- campaign ads that really can kind of, you know, hone into the exact buyer that you're looking for yeah. and being marketing right in front of them. But also chatting with, I think the most important thing is chatting with any agent who's been through there. And as you mentioned, holding it open, even if it's three weeks open, there's a lot of agents out there that don't have listings. There's a lot of new agents out there. If you're busy, still, you can find somebody to hold the house open because the more it's exposed, the better. And so if, if it's week two and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not open. I I think that that's a mistake. I I agree. Um, we, we had a Ballard listing that was on the market for a month and we had it open every single week, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's old and, uh, right. Just under asking price. Right. We've had a Maple Leaf listing that's been on for, um, you know, we've had it on for about three weeks and we've had it open every weekend. And I think, you know, we're about ready to get an offer, maybe two um, after this weekend. And the most, the busiest open we had was this, this weekend. Mm -hmm. So on the third week. So yeah, you don't, you don't give up. (laughs) <laughs> and that Ballard list, and we held strong to the price. We we held strong to the price. There's other ones that after two weeks, you're like, we're not getting any showings through here. It's been very light. There's been price objections. And so sometimes, um, you know, you say, hey, let's let's push through this. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's keep the price here. And then sometimes you're like, you know what? We're, we, we missed the mark. Yep. On on the battle of this thing, though, you had good traffic on the open houses that you held, Mm -hmm. right? So in other words, that was part of the reasoning for holding on to the price because it was good foot traffic. It was attractive to people. So therefore, as a result of that, it's when you don't have traffic, that's when you start to panic a little bit. Even our client was asking, he's like, he's like, what do you think of the price? What do you think we should do here? And we're like, hey, we're getting, we're getting the people in here. It's just, it was a one bathroom and there was, you know, Mm -hmm. um, somebody had to see beyond that and see the value and all the other things that were there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Folks, the number to the show is 844-TALK-101. Once again, 844-TALK-101. Some things go really good together. Freedom and liberty, safety and security. When you're making big financial decisions, you want a partner that complements your hopes and desires with reliability and guidance. Now, Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family have teamed up to give you over 65 years of combined experience and personalized service. So if you're a veteran or current service member looking to buy a home, call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. Hi, this is Laura Keel of Laura's Home Loans. There are so many wonderful benefits and opportunities available to our service members. If you have questions about how a VA loan could help you and your family, we would love to help. Just ask. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. 
good together. Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA at laurashomeloans.com. Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. Hey, it's Story Monson with Brian, a fellow 3010 Weight Loss for Life customer. And Brian, your story is incredible. How much weight did you lose at 3010? 83 pounds. That is fantastic. Congratulations. My wife says that basically she has a new boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) To be back in that category where you're getting positive comments about your physical appearance, that's that's pretty cool. Well, and it worked. Finally, I broke down and bought some new clothes. and, And, you know, I have to admit, I'm looking pretty good. Isn't that fun when you get to buy that new wardrobe? Oh, yeah. I lost eight inches in my waist, and I looked in the mirror, and I just smiled. And I said, geez, Louise, sweet. (laughs) My son sent me a picture of about two and a half years ago, and then he sent me a picture from two weeks ago, and he goes, wow, congratulations. What's your story going to be? Give him a call, 855-843-3010. That's 855-843-3010. Or go to 3010weightlossforlife.com. You're worth it. When picking a real estate broker, customer satisfaction is key. Hi, this is Rebecca Mitsui of Keller Williams. When buying or selling a home, there's a lot to consider, and you've got a lot on your mind. As your real estate broker, it's my job to get the information that's right for you. Your interests are of interest to me. Now, there's a great deal of technology and information out there, but it takes a human touch to bring those numbers to life and close the deal. We'll utilize today's state-of-the-art tools, Keller Williams industry experience, and as a Seattle native, I know our stomping grounds like the back of my hand. I've also been honored with the Seattle Magazine Award for Best in Client Satisfaction. I'm Rebecca Mitsui of Keller Williams. Get first-class real estate service from me and my team. Call 206-935-6262. Again, 206-935-6262. If you're buying or selling, I'm here to help. 206-935-6262. Maneuver the road of real estate. Now, back to Street Talk with Chris Davies. Welcome back to Street Talk. Your show. Wow. Oh, well, listen to you. You're all excited. music. You know, I got to get my... Got a busy day today. We got my fantasy football teams in the playoffs. All right. Yeah. That's important. (laughs) Very, very. (laughs) So somebody called in during the break and had a question about uh, staging. Um, So when it comes to that, uh, what are the benefits of staging or when should you stage? Should you stage all the time? Is it price point determined? Uh, There's something out there called virtual staging. Yeah, so, that's, that's a real. Uh, what What do you guys think? I mean, obviously, you you you've both been active on the listing on the listing front. So, well, the stats um, speak for themselves. This uh, national stagers um, organization, I can't think of their actual name right now, but they have come out with stats, at, you know, continually showing how staging not only helps a home sell for sometimes up to it, their stats say up to thirty percent more. I, I, be, I don't believe that it's quite that high, um, at least here it's not, um, but that it sells faster, the home sells faster. So those are those two things alone can really, um, you know, out, those um, benefits outweigh the, the costs involved. Um, costs involved can vary all over the place as well. I mean, I've 
Uh, I have my own staging. Sometimes I'm out of that, so I have to go out and outsource the staging. And I'm oftentimes surprised at how expensive it is with certain stagers, and other stagers are a little bit more reasonable. Um, and then this virtual staging thing. What do you think of that, Pat? I think it's garbage. Um, <laughs> well, I think that – so one thing about the, the staging – so the virtual staging just sets up the photos and so that, you know, when you're online, you can you can get it. Yeah, so the, so for the listener, it's a vacant um, house and then they put fake digital furniture in there so that you can get an, a visual idea. And um, I think it's important to have the staging in the house. So there's a lot of people that don't have that eye. They, sure. they can't – they can't really see what you'd put where, here, there. Like it really just – and it makes the home – it can make it feel more like home. Sure. Um, Lisa, my business partner, she's a certified stager as well. She's a very mm-hmm. – she has that eye. We can go in a place and sometimes when I'm with her, I even – you know, I, I see – You pick it up, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm – I feel like I'm pretty pretty strong at being able to picture where what would be where. Sure. But there's a lot of people that – they, they just, can't. They can't. And I think that, um, you know, when you're selling a home, whether it's two hundred, three hundred thousand, or if it's $1.5 million, when you're talking the cost of staging, though it is expensive, uh, this is your investment. This is, this is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And if you can make that back, which I would never, there's not one time where I would say you're not going to get your money back from that. No, I totally agree. I, and to, and to, to talk to, you said sometimes should you not do staging, I would say, you know, if you can stage certain key rooms, those should always be done. However, there are certain rooms, Chris, that I do believe shouldn't be staged. Maybe they're too small or you do something in there that's very, you know, I'm I'm anti-throwing the yoga mat and the ball in there to me. That is just yeah, like the laziest thing that yeah. you can do. But, you know, having something in there for some perspective, especially for the photo, I think is important. I think, but, uh, no, on. please, Chris. No, no, I say, again, it comes to a lack of vision. Yeah. In other words, some people, they can't pick colors out, how to paint a room or, the, you know, in other words, how do these colors go together? How does the furniture go together? What, you know, if you have an additional, if you have, if you have an extra room in the house, what do I use that room for? Right. Those types of things. So having it staged gives people thought and then they can sort of trot down that path. Right. We have a and it's not just we have a, we we meet with our stager Lisa and I will both go, be there and we'll do a walkthrough and it's all three of our minds and possibly her assistant as well the stager that we use and um you know we have conversations and we're, sometimes we're like oh let's leave this one blank we don't need to stage yeah. this room mm-hmm. or hey let's try it like this and um and you know it, it, there's an art to it and it can really you know a lot of times people walk in they're like this is terrible staging or this is beautiful staging yeah and i think that it makes a difference and um i mean unless it's a, a tear down or like there's very few times where homes that i would walk in and say this home should not be staged you know and i always love it when it's that awkward room they're really kind of like when people walk in and they're like what is this room for and and even like say it's a bonus room or whatever and you're trying to get your buyer to not to not even just, you know, meant, you know, think about or focus on this awkward room. Taking and doing some staging in that room to make it, you know, oh, I can see why this would be used now. I think that's a huge win in staging as well. Again, creating the use of the room. Yeah. Uh, do you do you stage all the major rooms? Well, by major rooms, I'm talking living room, master bedroom. I presume that those would always be staged. To me, the most important is when you first walk in, having, you know, sort of that welcome. You don't want to walk into like a vacant. So I don't know, depending upon the house, whatever that first space is, the living room, kind of family room area, and then the, uh, one of at least one of the bedrooms and master, if there is a master, being the one that you would do. Those would be the minimums. Yeah. And I also think that new construction, uh, it's weird when there's not a model home. 
because those, you know, open concept, yeah. those are ones that are really hard for people to visualize because you, you don't know how you would kind of, you know, if, if some of the more standard, you know, craftsman homes or, or not, I shouldn't say standard, but some of the craftsman homes, you know, this is a living room, this is the dining yeah. room. So you can see it a little more, but some of the more open concept homes, I think that people struggle with a little more. Yeah. Um, with that said, I still think the craftsman home should be staged. Yeah. Well, Stage interesting too. Staging. Also <laughs> the dining room, I think, you know, how to, how to furnish a dining room sometimes, especially in the open concept mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that people do have a hard time visualizing. Where is it going to go? What kind of table do I put in there? Mm-hmm. You know, tall, low. Do you think a hundred years ago they really were like, where do you put the dining room table? <laughs> but that open concept, you know, your living room is, uh, your kitchen is your new living room these days. Right. Um, it's, you know, people socialize in that open concept, which, yeah, you, you didn't have that problem, you know. But yeah, nobody wants the, the, the classic living room or dining room anymore. Yeah. Or well, they just don't get used. Oh, a lot of houses I go to. Yeah, and the kitchen obviously used to be small, confining, and in the back of the house, mm-hmm. you never see the cook, so to speak. And now yeah. it's the central point of conversation. People want to be around that, uh, mm-hmm. the food, the magic cooking, and all yeah. that stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, no, I get it. Uh, so, again, I think uh, – so staging, regardless of price point, it's always a good idea because it helps the home sell, it helps the home sell mm-hmm. and you, you keep your price uh, better – when it's staged compared to a home that's not staged. Right. Time and again, of, those stats. To sort of paraphrase what, what, what you that. do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Well, we're coming, we're coming up to the end of our time. So, Pat, uh, should people want to get a hold of you? Yeah, it's been it's been awesome hanging out with you guys and talking about real estate. Um, it's Patrick Crowthers from Compass, and you can get a hold of me at 206-701-4487. That's 206 701 4487 or look us up at patrickandlisa.com. And Rebecca, how about yourself? Yeah, Rebecca Mitsui with uh, Mitsui Real Estate Group at Keller Williams. And you can get a hold of us at 206 935 6262. And you can also look us up online at firstclassseattle.com. Fantastic. Chris Davis with Laura's Home Loans Mortgage Masters. You can give me a call at 206 856 5438. It's always a good idea to get pre-approved just to see where you're at. And any refinance questions, of course, give us a call anytime. The advice is always free. And I'd like to just everybody cross their fingers for my fantasy football team this, this playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I got, okay. I got. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Hawks, because since they're playing Monday night, it's a big game. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. MLO 105-695, Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL 40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. Hi, this is Patrick. And Lisa. And you've heard us here on Street Talk with Chris Davies. We don't just respond to real estate questions on the show. Nope. We're ready to take your call, meet in person, and start working for you. It's our mission to provide answers, guidance, and exceptional customer service. We aim to earn your trust as your local real estate team. Patrick. And Lisa. Give us a call at 206-954-3555. Again, 206-954-3555. Buying, selling, or or both. both. Your success is what matters most. Our connections can help. Patrick and Lisa, local experts coming together to help you find your place in the world. Patrick and Lisa, you can find us at patrickandlisa.com or give us a call at 206-954-3555. 
That's 206-954-3555. Patrick and Lisa, you can find us at patrickandlisa.com. Some things go really good together, like a hammer and nail. When you're making big financial decisions, you want a partner that complements your hopes and desires with wisdom and guidance. Now, Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family have teamed up to give you over 65 years of combined experience and personalized service. So if you're looking to renovate, call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. Hi, this is Laura Keel of Laura's Home Loans. If you've spotted that perfect fixer-upper, a renovation loan tied to the purchase could be a great way to get things fixed up before you move in. Questions about a renovation loan? Just ask. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA. Good together. Mortgage Master Service Corporation and the Keel family. Call 1-833-ASK-LAURA at laurashomeloans.com. Mortgage Master Service Corporation, CL40445, Equal Housing Opportunity. When picking a real estate broker, customer satisfaction is key. Hi, this is Rebecca Mitsui of Keller Williams. When buying or selling a home, there's a lot to consider, and you've got a lot on your mind. As your real estate broker, it's my job to get the information that's right for you. Your interests are of interest to me. Now, there's a great deal of technology and information out there, but it takes a human touch to bring those numbers to life and close the deal. We'll utilize today's state-of-the-art tools, Keller Williams industry experience, and as a Seattle native, I know our stomping grounds like the back of my hand. I've also been honored with the Seattle Magazine Award for Best in Client Satisfaction. I'm Rebecca Mitsui of Keller Williams. Get first-class real estate service from me and my team. Call 206-935-6262. Again, 206-935-6262. If you're buying or selling, I'm here to help. 206-935-6262.